0: Chapter six of Beyond the Rocks A Love Story by Eleanor Glynn. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Reading by Amy Deutschler. Before she went to bed in her hotel in the Rue de Rivoli, Monica Ellerwood wrote to her aunt, Paris, May fifteenth. My dear Aunt Millie we have had a delicious little week jack and i quite like an old honeymoon pair and to-day we ran across hector who has remained hidden until now he is looking splendid just as handsome and full of life as ever so it does not tell upon his constitution that is one mercy not like poor Ernest Brotherton, who, if you remember, was quite broken up by her last year. And I have one good piece of news for you, dear Aunt Milly. I do not believe he is so frantically wrapped up in this Esclamon de Chartres woman at all, in spite of that diamond chain at Monte Carlo, for to-night he took us to dine at Armenonville, although jack particularly wanted to go to the madrid and when we got there we saw at once why there was a most beautiful woman dining there with a party and hector never took his eyes off her the whole of dinner jack says i had my back that way and he got rid of us as soon as he could and went and joined them very young she looked but i suppose married from her pearls and clothes american probably as she was perhaps too well dressed for one of us but quite a lady and awfully pretty hector was so snappish about it and would not tell her name that it makes me sure he is very much in love with her and jack thinks so too so dear aunt milly you need have no more anxieties about him as she can't have been married long she looks so young and so must be quite safe jack says hector is thoroughly able to take care of himself anyway but i know how all these things worry you if i can find out her name before i go i will though perhaps you think it is out of the frying-pan into the fire as it makes him no more in the mood to marry morella winmarleigh than before unless of course this new one is unkind to him we shall be home on saturday dear aunt milly and i will come round to lunch on sunday and give you all my news your affectionate niece monica ellawood which epistle jarred upon hector's mother when she read it over coffee at her solitary dinner on the following night poor dear monica she said to herself i wonder where she got this strain from her father's family i suppose i wish she would not be so bald then she sat down and wrote to her son she was not even going to the opera that night and if she had looked up in the tall mirror opposite she would have seen a beautiful stately lady with a puckered, plaintive frown on her face. If a woman absolutely worships a man, even if she is only his mother, she is bound to spend many moments of unhappiness, and Lady Brackendale was no exception to the general rule. Hector had always gone his own way, and there were several aspects of his life she disapproved of. These visits to Paris, his antipathy to matrimony, his boredom with girls such nice girls she knew too and had often thrown him with his delight in big-game shooting in alarming and impossible countries and above all his absolute indifference to morella winmarleigh the only woman who really and truly in her heart of hearts lady Brackendale thought worthy of him although she would have accepted several other girls as choosing the lesser evil to bachelorhood but Morella Winmerly was perfection. She owned the enormous property adjoining Brackendale. She was twenty-six years old, of unblemished reputation, nice-looking, and not—not not one of those modern women who are bound to cause anxieties. Under any circumstances one could count upon Morella Winmerly behaving with absolute propriety. A girl born to be a mother-in-law's joy but hector persistently remained at large it was not that he openly defied his mother he simply made love to her whenever they were together twisted her round his finger and was off again to see mother with hector lady anningford said is a wonderful sight although i adore him myself i'm not at the stage she is she sits there beaming on him exactly like an exceedingly proud and fond cat with new kittens he treats her as if she were young and beautiful woman caresses her pets her pays not the least attention to anything she says and does absolutely what he pleases hector and lady Brackendale together had often made the women who were in love with him jealous when she had finished her letter the stately lady read it over carefully. She had a certain tact, and Hector must be cajoled to return, not irritated. Monica's epistle, in spite of that touch of vulgarity which she had deplored, had held out some grains of comfort. She had been getting really anxious over this affair with the French person. Even to herself, Lady Brackendale would not use any of the terms which usually designate ladies of the type of Esclarmonde de Chartres. Since her brother-in-law Evermond had returned from Monte Carlo bringing that disturbing story of the diamond chain she had been on thorns of such a light mind and always so full of worldly gossip evermond Hector had gone from Monte Carlo to Venice and then to Paris where he had been for more than a month, and she had heard that men could become quite infatuated and absolutely ruined by these creatures. So, for him to have taken a fancy to a married American was considerably better than that. She had met several members of this nation herself in England, and were they not always very discreet, with well balanced heads? So, altogether, the puckered frown soon left her smooth brow and she was able to resume the knitting of a tie she was doing for her son with a spirit more or less at rest though she sighed now and then as she remembered morella Winmarley could not be expected to wait for ever and her cherished vision of perfectly behaved vigorously healthy grandchildren was still a long way from being realized for with such a mother what perfect children they would be this was always her final reflection. End of chapter six.